You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and today, let's go ahead and review the maroon and white game. What are the biggest takeaways? And also, let's talk about the brand new news of the transfer portal opening back up for a Texas A&M player. This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your very next purchase. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. As always, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the repertoire. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, the maroon and white game. Let, let, let's be real. We're not going to know enough after one game. One spring game, for that matter. To be like, okay, this roster, oh yeah, we're so set. We're, we're great at every single position. We don't know any of that. But, what we do know is... Wide receiver is either going to be a really tough battle to where players who do not shine right off the bat are going to be sitting for a year, or there's a lot of issues at the wide receiver coaching role, which I just don't see because of the recent hires. Because unfortunately, Texas A&M has already lost a receiver from the 2021 recruiting class well before he's even taken the field a snap at College Station in week one. Former four-star recruit from the 2021 class, Shardrick Banks, has entered the transfer portal. This was reported earlier today, and it has now become official. Banks was a four-star recruit coming out of high school at North Shore High, ranked as the number 112 prospect, number 18th nationally as the wide receiver in 2021. He was named the 21-6A district Offensive MVP as a senior and was an All-American by Max Preps following his big season with the Mustangs. He inked the deal to join the Aggies this past December and was one of, I think, three, maybe it was two, um, early enrollees along with uh, Eli Stowers from Denton Geyer. He had offers from Auburn, LSU, and Texas. The six foot one, two hundred and thirty pound receiver was expected to be a big time player, especially after his breakout season in his sophomore year with North Shore. 1,300 yards, 17 touchdowns, battling injuries through his junior year. He caught 44 passes, 826 yards, and two touchdowns, 10 touchdowns as a senior. He was one of the first players to sign with the Aggies uh, since the class of 2000. So, big time name. AM wrapped up its spring game. He was one of a pair of receivers who was expected to be a big time contributor at the position. Uh, according to 24-7 Sports' rankings, uh, they said that he was a stouty built receiver with the look of a running back and off-ball linebacker who excels in open field playmaking. Requisite height with mass technically association uh, with other positions. However, senior season production and playmaking ability proved functional athleticism after an injury 
riddled junior campaign. Combined strength with burst, good top and speed. Fully healthy as a sophomore and a senior, amassed terrific production in both years with an elite North Shore squad. Not only an over-the-top threat, but a dangerous run after the catch option. In screen to short intermediate passes. Missed 11 of 16 games as a junior. Uh, first with a broken foot to start the year and then a broken uh, ankle in the playoff opener. Athleticism lacks verified context in combine track setting, but a unique build provides somewhat of an unorthodox profile at the position. Basically, here's what that means. Um, guy's really good. Guy has a shot to be really talented and probably was told you're not going to be playing that much this year. And he said, you know what? Now I don't want to be here. I think at some point we got to sit down and realize that you're a freshman. You'll play. I mean, again, everyone's like, oh, well, what happens when freshmen don't play? I think everyone forgets that Kenyon Green was a freshman. He played. Like, he played. He actually was out there taking snaps. And it wasn't a, oh, I'm going to be a rotation guy. No, he played. And was one of the more consistent players. But I will say that as of right now, the wide receiver position still worries me. A lot. What I saw on Saturday was the same thing I saw in 2019. 2020. And I say 2019 and I say 2020 because it's the same thing. Nobody stepped up. Nobody showed me in a second why I should believe in them to be the guy at wide receiver. It was a single player that I really, really was enamored by. And maybe that's because of everyone is just going to be this consistent guy for Haynes King or Zach Calzada or whoever's going to be playing the tackle position, uh, the quarterback position. But if Banks doesn't want to be here, that says one of two things. One, the wide receiver talent is so tight that we know that there's not going to be a shot for him to play this year and he wants to start immediately and contribute. Or, and this is a big or, I think that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to where something happened to where he is just is not beyond Texas A&M. It's a shame because Texas A&M really needs a number one receiver. And kind of like a Nia Smith when you think about it, this guy who maybe doesn't have the ideal frame of what you want on an outside receiver because he's a little bit stockier. But for him to leave, get into camp, get to Texas A&M, and then literally in a spring game, but one of two players who came early. I mean, I, I think three technically because Trey Zahn came early, but he was never going to be active for you know the spring game. Like that was a done deal. He wasn't going to play. That says a lot about either the wide receiver position or it says a lot about him. Like, it took him less than six months. Committed to AM, signed on, was immediately enamored by the team. One of the first players who really was, like, big in the AM 2021 recruiting class. Gets here and goes, nah, man, I'm out. That either says something about the position or that says something about him. I don't know what, but either way, it's not a good look. It's not going to look for Texas A&M because if they lose a receiver, a position I think that they really, really need to address, or they're losing 
or or Banks is just is not a good player and doesn't fit what AM is gonna run next year. Which then puts pressure on the 2020 and the 2022 receiver class to really step up. And I really think it puts a lot of pressure on a guy that we're gonna talk about in about two minutes. But again, Banks, they're closed. It stinks. I really don't know what else I need to say about this. The 2021 NFL Draft is finally approaching, and with it, you can go ahead and make your own bets on where you think players are going to go. Is Trey Lance the pick at number three with 500 to one odds, or will it be Mac Jones at 80 to one odds? Whatever odds you want to go off of, make sure you use your bets at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best bets, the best buyouts, and the best lines every single day when you follow them on social media at BetOnline underscore AG. You can literally bet on anything. And I know for all my Bachelor Nation fans out there, don't worry. You got something coming your way soon. With, of course, Katie's season, you can bet on those guys. But no matter what you do, stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action. When you go visit BetOnline.ag, use the promo code LOCKEDON to save 50% off as a welcome deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. The Ultimate Mock Draft, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irving, Jason Lundin-Fora, and Ryan Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of your favorite franchise. Search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. So let's talk about the spring game. Let's just get this out of the way. The spring game, old maroon and white game. You know what? Again, it's great. It was cool to see fans in the stands. I think they said the total number of tickets that were scanned was a little over 17.7 thousand, if I'm not mistaken. But they all filled up in Kyle Field to watch the next crop of Aggies make their mark. Now, again, you have some really, really, really talented players. Caden Davis was a name that I was very impressed with. Guy made a 51 and a 55-yard field goal to go along with a 31-yarder that boinked off the goalpost to go right through. Uh, that could be an edge on Seth Small. You know, and Seth Small's a dang good kicker. But again, when you have a guy like that doing that, it's pretty impressive. Of course, the biggest battle of all is going to be the battle for QB1. I don't think enough people really talk about how much QB1 stuff matters. And just how much we overblow it out of proportion. But we do. It happens every single day. And I look at this, and the battle between Zach Calzada and Haynes King was difficult going in. I don't know if this is an indication on AM's defense maybe being a little bit overhyped, or if they're just two really good options. But I left Saturday looking at that battle. And smiling and going, okay, I don't care if the score's 26 to 3. Or 23 to 6, my bad. Both of these quarterbacks have it. They have it. And again, I was a little low on Zach Calzada. I'll be the first to admit it. So I apologize to Zach Calzada because if he had almost a near identical performance as Haynes King, and everyone is saying Haynes King or bust, crown the king. Crown the king. Well, 
contain your excitement for Calzada. That's what I would say at this. It was a dang good day for both these guys. King completed 16 to 31 passes for 211 yards. Calzada took snaps um, for both teams and did just as well. Again, 19 of 40 passing, so a lot of passing games. But he threw for 253 yards. So he threw three more passes, but he also threw for 40 more yards. Both quarterbacks threw a touchdown. Uh, King connected with walk-on Reese Mason for a 27-yard score. And Calzada, we can be seeing this a lot, passing to Agent Zero in Anaya Smith. However, both threw interceptions. Both were involved in fumbles. And both have a wealth of knowledge at the position. And there's definitely the experience level. Much like we saw with Texas. And I know people are always like, well, why are you talking about Texas? Well, you know what? I cover Texas too. So I have the knowledge of both both schools. I do. I know both schools are going to be names to watch for. With Texas, here's the reality of it. Texas knows what they're doing. They're in the same spot. Both had these quarterbacks come in in 2017 and lead the team. You know what that meant? It meant they didn't have to worry about the position. You didn't have to worry about if Kellen Mom was going to be leaving for the NFL draft, especially after the season he had in 2019. Sam Ellinger, same thing. He had a good season in 2019. He wanted to have a great season in 2020. You know what both did? Both, I think, solidified their draft stock. I think Mond absolutely was better in every sense of the word better than Ellinger. But both improved their draft stocks, I think, a little bit more than what was expected. The biggest thing is that, again, the quarterback position was kind of never an option. You knew who you had. Now you have to go start over. Casey Thompson and Hudson Card both had struggles, both had good moments in their game in the orange and white game. Zach Calzada and Haynes King both had their moments, both had their struggles in the in the maroon and white game. I look at that and I go, okay, A&M, they can figure out the quarterback, which they don't need to do right now. And they really don't need to do until probably week five. They have time. Both these guys can definitely go out on the field, I think, in week one of the season. And they can just go and sling it. Because we saw it. Now again, Daryl Dickey's offense of what I saw, because when you add it up, 16 to 31 and uh, 19 to 40, that's 71 passes. They're going to be passing a lot this year. Which is amazing because of they have a dang good running back in Isaiah Spiller. But they're going to be passing a lot. And they're going to be passing a lot. It gives a multitude of opportunities for both these guys to take the lead. What I will say though, and sorry for the voice crack, but what I will say though is that quarterback might not be the biggest concern. I think a lot of people got really excited about the quarterback position because of course it's a brand new guy. And a lot of people may be sitting here and going, Well, that's not a good stat line. 16 of 31, little over 50%. 19 of 40, little under 50%. It's not that great of a stat line. How many of those were drop passes? How many of those were good plays by the defense? How many of those were that? We always look for the negative. And the biggest one of all 
And this is where we're going to the next segment before we close out. We talk about quarterback being just this so ideal, star-spangled, awesome position that if there's one minor detail wrong, holy crap, we failed. Oh my God, we are done. We messed up. Maybe it's start time to look at the offensive line and hold them accountable. Maybe it's starting to look time to go look at the wide receiver position and hold them accountable. Haynes King and Zach Calzada, even though that they threw for under 50 per, you know, 55%, I saw enough of them to know, okay, they can be really successful. And both of them can be successful at every level of the field. Not just in the short game, not just as the deep ball thrower, both areas. You got to get better in some other spots on offense. You just have to. And if you can't, we got a lot of problems looking forward to the future. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. We're a candy bar meets a protein bar. Let's be real. You know about the Built Bar flavors of the past 18 different varieties, each one a little bit different, but still delectable, covered in 100% real chocolate. So again, they are candy bars pretending to be protein bars, but they're jam-packed with the protein punch that you need. Every morning before I go work out, I start my day off with a peanut butter protein bar because it has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this out on the shelves. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save 15% with your next purchase. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network, Cole Thompson, back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, we have draft coverage all week here with the Draft Dudes Podcast and Locked on NFL Draft. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Benjamin Solak, and Trevor Sycamore will be breaking down everything you need to know in preparation of the first overall pick all the way through pick number 254, I want to say it is this year. You know, it's always 250-something. Subscribe to them on iTunes, Spotify, or the Odyssey channel, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right. What was the biggest weakness of the game? Again, it's wide receiver. It's wide receiver. And honestly, it's also tight end now. Say Jalen Weidemeyer is hurt, and he misses time next year. It is not good. It's not good at all. Very bad. It's very, very bad. Max Wright had a fourth down throw at the five-yard line. Bounce off his chest, drive over. If you're inside the 10, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have to make that catch. Hezekiah Jones dropped a pass in stride. Would have gone for a 75-yard touchdown. Hit his hands. Can't do that. You're the veteran. There wasn't a receiver out there that impressed me whatsoever. Sorry, there just wasn't. And DeMond Demas was in concussion protocol. At what point... And I'm going to start doing this. I, I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're a fan. I'm done. I'm done giving DeMond Demas the benefit of the doubt. What point are you going to step up and be healthy? What point are you going to be out there making plays? What point are you not going to be sitting on the sidelines? We've barely seen you play in two years. And you are a superstar talent. 
What point are you going to be the guy? Banks is gone. Banks is gone. Osmond's gone. Lane showed me he's a number two. Preston showed me maybe he's a number three. Jones isn't it. I don't know about Buckley coming back and how he's going to play. You're a five-star talent. Show up and act like it. I've had it. I've had it with this crap. Show up and act like it. And I get you're in concussion protocol and safety first. But as soon as you clear it, you got to step up. Because if this is your year and they need a number one receiver, badly. Defensively, they look great. There's players who are going to be role players at best. At best, they're going to be role players. And guess what? Those role players are going to be dang good. We knew that uh, DeMarvin Leal, Michael Clemens, and Miles Jones did not play in that game. But instead, you maybe saw one of the best linebackers in the SEC for the next two years in Edwin Cooper. He showed great speed, found ways to get through holes, posted nine tackles, five pressures, and was able to get a sack on the day. He clearly was the best player defensively on that field. And I think that between him, Andre White, and Aaron Hansford, we now know who are going to be the three. This past season, White was the rotational. I think Cooper's going to be the rotational. But it's going to be really hard to leave him out. It's going to be really hard to leave him out. The other thing, Kenyon Green, left tackle. Little worried. He's got to get a little bit better. But the good news is, is that that shows to me that AM's defense is really good. AM's defense is going to be really talented. They're going to make a lot of key plays. And that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. But it does worry me that if Kenyon Green cannot be the guy, what are we going to look at? The other thing, the other four offensive linemen spots, wide open. Wide open. Not even close to being considered right now. You got to find the best five players this summer. And those are going to be your five starters. I feel very comfortable right now, today, on uh, April 26th, that AM still can be the best team in the SEC. Absolutely. And I've come on the record and I've said this, and I'm actually going to go on tomorrow and we're going to talk about my SEC rankings going into the season. I believe that AM is arguably the most upside team in the SEC and easily the front runners right there, 1A, 1B with Alabama. But they also could be a complete dumpster fire offensively if the line cannot hold. And the wide receivers can't catch crap. If you take out Isaiah Spiller, we didn't get to see Devon A. Chain. That's okay. We know what Devon A. Chain can do. You take out Isaiah Spiller, are you content in the run game? You take out Jalen Weidemeyer, he didn't play, and that's okay. Are you comfortable with tight end? You take out Anaya Smith, the wide receiver, that's okay. He had a big time game, connected multiple times, including a 59 yard pass from Calzada. 
Are you comfortable at wide receiver? We want to talk about this. Let's be real. Texas A&M's defense is going to be lights out amazing to watch next season. I'm not so confident in the offense right now. They can show up and they can show why they can be good. I'm excited to see what they can do. But until that happens, until I see it, I don't know. I just, again, it's one of those things where it's still early, but there has to be more consistency with the supporting cast. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, I am going to give my rankings for the top 14 SEC teams, and we're going to discuss a little bit more about the upcoming NFL Draft on Thursday, April 29th. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify. We will see you tomorrow, and remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.